But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Give Us a Second. That's right, a mini-sode series from the greatest moments in the history of forever. This is our 15th edition and this time we're talking about WrestleMania 34. That's right, Uh, back to the well, not really for the usual listeners but always brings in some new listeners that's right and for those new listeners i'm zach i'm matt and here we go so wrestlemania is a yearly tradition that began in 1984 and here we are 34 years later taking place in new orleans louisiana uh somewhere where you know they've had some recent success with wrestlemania 30 and uh WrestleMania has now kind of grown into this huge event, near uh, week long event that just goes on and on and on. Yeah, really, uh, a just a spectacle, a fun time for everyone who goes. It seems it looks like fun. I will say. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you have the WWE putting on the Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Friday. Their NXT, which is like their developmental system they put on a show on saturday sunday is the big night wrestlemania monday is the raw after wrestlemania their weekly television show uh, i believe we covered an episode of raw way back in the <laughs> early days oh, no. of give uh, of the greatest moments and on tuesday now they have a live smackdown which is their other show because their roster is so big they've split it into two different shows all all uh- Emanating from New Orleans, yeah, all live, and really, I mean, even if you don't go, you can have a nice, fun set of days just from your couch. Yeah, as I did, <laughs> and and that's just what WWE does. I mean, they also have like their uh, special events, like Access and all that stuff, where the fans come and meet the wrestlers and see the also, memorabilia and uh, whatnot. Covered in a give us a second <laughs> with a trip to New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, like that kind of stuff. And and then all of the other wrestling leagues across the entire world, uh, you know, spring up their parasite shows in New Orleans. And, you know, every wrestling podcast does like a live show. And there's various this other one parties. Included, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think next year uh, when WrestleMania is in New York, we'll have to do a live. Oh, yeah. We certainly be- join in on the fun. Have a lot of like cred with the uh, wrestling <laughs> Uh, folk. <laughs> so it's just like a it it it's become like a mecca. You know they you know they obviously bring in um, other kinds of celebrities and music performers, and it's kind of just this big thing for the city that hosts it. You know where it's at the point now where cities will try to bid to get it as if it was like the Olympics or the Super Bowl or something. I mean yeah. it's pro- it's not quite at that level but it does bring in a ton of revenue to the city that it's held in and it's you know generally considered a positive 
Um, yeah, I will say too when we were watching a little bit of the uh, coverage leading up to it, which basically goes all day before the event. Uh, but when Rosenberg was on there and kind of talking about being a kid, it did make me think about just like when I was young and watching those like Sunday night heats before pay per view <laughs> and like wanting to get it, but like how many times can I ask my parents? I mean, I was able to play that card like a couple of times, but. But this whole thing now where they're just like, oh, you can get the you can watch WrestleMania for free tonight with a trial of the uh, whatever the WWE network. If that was available when I was a kid, I would have been losing my mind. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like you can get every pay-per-view for nine ninety nine a month. It's it's unbelievable how things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we could probably do a whole thing just on the WWE Network. I don't want to like go down that rabbit hole oh, of no. like, how much content you get. But if, just for the m- live monthly pay-per-views Camp alone. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the big night on Sunday. This WrestleMania got a lot of mainstream attention which i mean it usually does but this one in particular because it was the in-ring debut of former ufc star ronda rousey rowdy ronda rousey (laughs) yes and let's just you know let's talk about that first i guess because that's the biggest takeaway for me now for the event i feel like we were fantasy booking this match way before in some version of it, like before she actually signed with the WWE, when she did a spot at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was at 31. So, I mean, we're going back three years ago <laughs> when she was still on top of the world. And we're kind of like going with this joke that she was going to come back and be pedigreed by Stephanie McMahon and taken <laughs> out on a stretcher. And well, well, that's the it thing. It fell on the table at one point. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you have this seemingly unbeatable woman in shoot fighting like the biggest star shit out of uh other badass chicks yeah who i'm going back in time obviously to wrestlemania 31 when she was still the champion in ufc and everything and hadn't lost and the but the whole thing was like a star at that point like a legitimate superstar yeah and i mean the thing with her is her love of professional wrestling has like always been a thing that has been known amongst fans of hers and fans of wrestling. She's, you know, her appearance at WrestleMania 31 was not the only time that she was ever at a WWE event in the audience. And, you know, I think people assumed, and she even said several times, even back then that she would like to be in WWE at one point, you know, at some point in the oh, future. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't, like, absurd to be, like, she's going to do this at some point. And, you know, as soon as uh, her UFC career... Kind of all came crashing down. <laughs> yeah. Ended. Uh, you know, it, it just seemed like it was a matter of time, and it all kind of came together pretty quickly, although I guess she, she technically was training for this over a year ago. Speaking of... Uh- MMA female MMA careers ending. Have you been following uh, Misha Tate on Instagram? Yeah, uh, going through a little bit of a pregnancy right now. But... <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of one, <laughs> but keeping it together, looking good. Yeah, uh, so I, I am a fan. I enjoy Misha Tate. Yeah. Um. So I would have to say that 
you know, expectations were kind of all over the place for this one. You know, some people were just like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. Admittedly, the build for her, her, she was teaming with Kurt Angle to face Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Olympian Kurt Angle. Yeah, and I think admittedly people were a little concerned with the build-up because she doesn't have kind of the... Great mic skills. Yeah, she's not comfortable on the mic yet, and so her promos and interviews and stuff are a little bit awkward. And she's kind of being put into the role as the babyface, the one that the crowd is going to cheer for, right? the good guy. So she's, you know... She has to kind of present herself a certain way. She can't just look intimidating and not say anything, no, which is kind of her UFC of been a weird mentality. She smiles a lot. Like so it's kind of she doesn't really seem that intimidating, even though you know she could like knock anyone out in a, a heartbeat, but yeah, they, she kind of walks around with a full smile a lot. They discussed uh Steve Austin and Court Bauer discussed her smiling in, in their WrestleMania recap that they did on Stone Cold's podcast. Okay, so we're kind of on that level. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they were wondering if that was something directly from Vince or you know whoever telling her to smile. I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, it seems like she's just having fun. I need you, pal. <laughs> so who knows? But I, w- I, will, I will say that the... the uh, that the was, match that they put on was the match of the night. Oh, it was so absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that we joked about while we were watching it where it's like, oh man, they were still discussing the finish of this <laughs> up until right before the match, but it is like ridiculous because it could have ended like four times but keeps going. Yeah, they did a lot of great false finishes, which in certain contexts, <laughs> you know, mainly in the main event <laughs> of the very same show are not good. Some people sometimes the false finishes can kind of blow up in your face yeah, and just yeah. make everyone annoyed. This was perfect though because the crowd was just invested from the first minute. I mean, I think Ronda in a you know post WrestleMania interview with ESPN was talking about being afraid that you know the fans weren't going to accept her that you needed to be, you know prove yourself first and that's kind of like always been a thing in in wrestling they don't want part-timers or celebrities coming in and just assuming the top spots and all that stuff they don't and (laughs) well the fans okay yeah like you know that the fans might kind of turn against her but i mean they were super into this from yeah the get-go it was fun even to me it was a little surprising and i kind of knew at this by the time wrestlemania happened that the the fans were going to cheer but triple h and uh stephanie always just a fun couple to have out there healing it up yeah because i i i think back to other wrestling podcasts like jim ross's where he would talk he would kind of you know great mind for the business speak about what he would envision for a ronda rousey wwe main of like a match at wrestlemania and this was you know going back to those days a few years ago before you know she left ufc and everything and he would kind of go against what his listeners and people that he would read online and stuff, they would always throw out people like Charlotte Flair or whoever the big star in the women's division would be at the moment 
And he would say, no, 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 it's got to be Stephanie McMahon. And people would be like, that's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. Steph is and he's unbelievable. Like, Steph is yeah. the biggest heel in the company. Right. This <laughs> She's is, so good. It doesn't matter that she, <laughs> he's like, wrestling is fake, you idiots. Uh, it doesn't yeah, matter if Ronda would kill her in two seconds. It does annoy me to no end when it's like they have Jim Ross come back and commentate a match on the pre-show because it's just like, if you're going to have him do something, have him do it. He should have done that match. I mean... Or The Undertaker, which I know was only like a 20-second match. But it's just like, I don't know. For me, no one's ever been as good since him. At, yeah, at I mean, I guess the, it's kind of like the if, play they're, by play. But if they're not bringing him back full-time, then it's like yeah. a slap in the face I to know. the people you have if you it's give just, him the biggest match. Well, okay. Well, it's not the main event, though. Although, as we know, the main event is sometimes the best match of the night. <laughs> well, he did call the main event last year. That was the Jr. did. Yeah, the Undertaker Reigns. Match. Okay, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Then I, it's hard. It's hard for me to remember everything, but I, anytime he's back, it always makes me be like, "Oh yeah, the old days." Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, he probably would have been able to sell some of the high spots in the Rousey match better <laughs> and make it even more. But I mean, it, that I feel like at this point that would be nitpicking because I mean, yeah. it's not like. The commentary team they had out there ruined it. Or no, anything. no, absolutely I mean, it, not. Uh, yeah, that was that's like, more of just a personal thing. I, I'm, I love Jr. from when I was a kid. I'll always kind of carry the torch for him. And honestly, like people can go on and on and on about like the technical skill and the in-ring work rate of uh, whoever the New oh, Japan right. stars or or whoever mm-hmm. they want. New Japan and Dave Meltzer can give matches in the Tokyo Dome, you know, six-star ratings and stuff, you know, <laughs> insane things. But for me, that match, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, is as good as wrestling gets. Yeah, now it did it seem doesn't like, get better than that. Right. It, I mean, I will say, it did seem like Ronda was making up moves at times, which was which, fun. Yeah, which was fine because I think it's okay to present her offensive repertoire as unconventional right based on yeah. who she is and as her background and stephanie everything. is quick to point out yes ronda was a great fighter in the ufc but this is wrestling you know <laughs> she's new to sports entertainment <laughs> yeah this is the real stuff right come on uh yeah and i mean and they definitely um now i was just hoping against hope that this match was going to end with Triple H and Stephanie going over after simultaneously pedigreeing their opponents. <laughs> and yeah, and Ronda's being taken out on a stretcher. But it was like <laughs> enough for me that Steph was just able to kind of like take Ronda's punches. Now, they're doing this thing where Ronda's doing like a flurry of punches right in the beginning, and Steph's just like putting her arms up to block. Now, it seems like from what we've seen Ronda do, she could just basically break one of Stephanie's forearms by punching it. <laughs> Or just rip one of her arms off and beat her with right. it. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I would say, okay, so one thing that definitely came out of this match for me was the tease of a lot of male-on-female physicality, which is something and that WWE does not do. And just the applause from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, the sweaty. People really want that back. <laughs> the sweaty ne- neck beards and right. attendants were really getting a boner going for that man on yeah. Woman violence. Um, now, we did see uh, Rhonda lift Triple H over her head, which was cool. Right. So what I'm thinking, though, but they also had Kurt Angle do the uh, the ankle Olympic lock. slim. Oh, yeah. To Steph. Steph. Uh, Triple H and, and Rhonda had, you know, some 
fighting a little bit. Mostly uh, Ronda doing it to Triple H, but Triple H did have her at one point like he was going to pedigree her or something. And, uh, you know, it, it, it sparks, like, another debate that I always see. And, uh, you know, people wanting to bring back more men against women. Like, you know, some of the indies and stuff still do that kind of stuff. But they make it more like actual women wrestlers. Not like, yeah. not like uh, it's a, you know, Sable getting powerbombed <laughs> by the Dudley Boys It's or a something. weird stance to take when someone's like, I need to see more men wrestling women. Like, wouldn't it be, you know, I, I saw somebody be like, yeah, you wouldn't have like Alicia Fox fight Braun Strowman, but <laughs> you could have like Charlotte against AJ and it would be like an awesome match. And, it, uh, and am I, uh, the only thing I could think of is like, would it? Like so, yeah. but like but I don't know about I don't know if that's it, a true statement. I just I I don't know. I think for me, uh, as far as like the mainstream main roster stuff, it 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 begins and ends with with Ronda, in my well, opinion. I, it, I I don't I don't like it. I don't want to see it. It's a weird thing though because it's like I I can kind of see some of the like the okay well if they're just doing like body slams and suplexes like whatever. But it's like what about these guys? I mean, Big Show's a bad example because he's not active. But one of his moves is a knockout punch. Well, so I don't think Big Show would be someone that would ever be in a, a male versus female I don't know. Match. Who's that new guy that came up that did some punch move? It's like oh, he's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. that. It, a simulated punch to like a or chick's like, face. Well, like, I mean, you know, I just, a big part of... So, so they use the example of like AJ Styles. And it's like, well, AJ uses a lot of like kicks and stuff in his offense. Or like Daniel Bryan or whoever. There's like lots of kicks. Yeah, and it's like, well, so he we we we're supposed to get excited that he's kicking a woman now. <laughs> like, I I don't, I don't know. know. It's just speaking it, of, it's uh, bizarre moves and and we it, get it. We know wrestling is fake, and oh. they, they're not really hurting each. But it's like you have to like pretend as if you know it's a real thing, right? And then <laughs> come on. So the, they're punching and kicking a woman. It's a, just a weird sight to promote <laughs> and put on TV, and then uh, you know go viral, but. <laughs> Uh, speaking of moves and just kind of stances on them and someone who was on WrestleMania, Seth Rollins, it's like, what is the deal where they outlawed that curb stomp move that he was doing? And then it just at some point came back. It was decided that it was OK. It was I don't like, know. I don't know what the, the full story is there. I don't know if it was ever really it, it's banned just like or if they just wanted him to do something to else. not do it. Yeah. But yeah then well, it just the, comes back. The reasoning that. I eventually heard about that was that Vince didn't like that move just because it made the opponent look stupid because he, oh. like you have to get on your knees like with your head in a certain way. That's the move that makes opponents look stupid. I mean, they always look stupid. I don't know. Um, that it wasn't necessarily like a violence oh, okay. that like, kids I see, could replicate, I, 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 that it was I mean, more just that he didn't like the move. It was pulled away like years ago, and it had kind of gone away for a while. And I remember that one of the things that was talked about was like potentially, because it's like a move where he takes his foot and is supposedly like slamming the dude's head into the mat. And I, I thought it was like a CTE like headshot <laughs> thing. No. Um, you told me that. <laughs> I don't believe you. Okay. So, well, I mean, I'm sure you heard it on one of the 50 wrestling podcasts that you listen to, but all right. Well, let's not put it out there that I was that I <laughs> listened to 50 wrestling. That was all. That was well. Years that was a ago. while ago. Yeah. Come on. You've <laughs> calm down. Since Although, disavowed. Yeah. I mean, 
I will say this, you know, the the total of the show from pre-show till the end of the last match, which was Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns, was about seven hours. Holy shit. And even though we kind of... It's a bit much. We were in and out on the pre-show. Well, we uh, had to go get a pizza. Yeah. The, I would say, Every though, time that, we go to a wrestling event, uh, Frank's Chicken Wing Pizza, just really a highlight in my life. <laughs> Yeah, it really brings the whole event together. Yes. But, I, I mean, for me, though, the five-hour event that was WrestleMania moved quicker than some of their shorter pay-per-views. I would agree. And I, also much quicker than the three-hour Raw. For the most part, <laughs> this was a pretty fun event, and it had, like, a good pace. Things kept moving. Yeah, I mean, you touched on Seth Rollins. That was the opening match, a triple threat with Finn right. Balor Featuring and The Miz. two guys who, in my opinion, should be, like, at the top of the WWE right now, those should be the guys that are in the mix for the world title. Yeah, it seems like wrestling is the different <laughs> now uh, than it was when we were kids. Like back when WWF had competition and probably a much smaller budget, so their roster was smaller in general. Like guys would come in and out. So if somebody reached that main event level. They usually stay. They would stay there. there their whole career, but they would also leave, or they would be take time off, or, or you know whatever. Like, and there would, it was a much smaller roster. But now it's like you ha- guys move true. up and down. I so think, at some right. point in the future, any of those guys could probably be in the main event. I think all three of those guys in that intercontinental match have been a world champion in WWE. Right. And I think <laughs> certainly Seth Rollins and Baylor will be again, probably not in the too uh, distant future, but. It's just kind of like a bummer that you see those two guys kind of not being up there. But, yeah, I guess it is just different now. I think when we were younger and certainly like during the Attitude Era when I was watching it, it seemed like there was a clear value to each belt, like in each level. It was like the European guys and not their nationality. There was the European title and then like the Intercontinental title and then like the world title. And then, of course, you had like your tag teams and stuff, but like the guys that were competing at those levels would stay there for a while and then move up to like the intercontinental. And then if they were good enough, some of them would become like the world title guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true, but I don't it, think that it's clearly uh tiered that way. Yeah, now. It used to not really be a thing where guys would win a lower title after they had won the world title. It was it, at that point, once they had won the world title, it was like all or nothing. Right. Uh, that kind of started to change at some point over the years, um, just due to the fact that the guys didn't leave. I mean, yeah, there was nowhere true. else to go, and Need I think WWE's storylines. budget was bigger, so they could keep more people. They want to do two separate brands. You know, I mean, there's like at various points over the last couple of years, they were doing two pay per views a month, one for each brand. I mean, I guess they're not doing that anymore, but you, you know what I mean. Like now, in order to keep all of the, you know, keep everything moving, keep multiple shows and all this stuff. And, you know, if guys get injured, they need guys to fill in. So, I mean, the, the rosters are way bigger, so guys are staying. So, it, it, there can only be one world champion, right. and there might be anywhere from 5 to 15 guys on the roster that have been a world champion. But I now. do like Rollins and, and Finn Balor, and I, I would be excited if they were, like, in the main event or in that picture. Yeah, I think that they will get there. It's just a matter like they've kind of 
because they've put the the belt on Brock, who is a part time guy and doesn't even defend the title at every pay per view, and they've he's now held it for a while. It's kind of there's only so many guys you can buy. Yeah, it, it's kind of you know it's tricky that he's gonna like defend it maybe six five times in a year or something like that. So who are those five guys going to be? And then once somebody beats him... And we usually know who that guy is. Once they finally make this transition (laughs) to Roman Reigns, then I think that opens up the possibility of who is going to be his challengers. And I think that's one of the bummers of just being like a casual watcher who really only comes in for big events is like, it just feels like we're we're in this holding pattern that with, with the... Uh, Brock Roman thing and it kind of makes the main event picture not that exciting it's like we saw this three years ago or whatever and that we were kind of uh, hesitant going in about how we were going to feel about the match ended up being good the finish was awesome when Seth Rollins came out and cashed in but then it's like okay here we are a few few years later and it's like it still feels like they're trying to do the same thing but it didn't even go over this time. Right. Yeah. I mean, from all indications, it seems like the plan was for Roman to win, and then they changed their minds like you know, oh, a, really? a week or so. One of, the, one of these again. It wasn't day of, but it yeah. was like within a week or so. They were like, well, everyone thinks Roman's going to win. and That was true. Most yeah. people, I guess, were kept in the dark and didn't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Only a few people knew Brock was going over. But, I mean... We'll get okay. Let's get okay. Let's talk about Charlotte Oscar first. Oh, which my, my other favorite match of the was night. the other great match of the night. It was the second match. It was one of the women's championship matches because, as I said, they have two separate brands, so there's like two champions and stuff like that for each brand of the the, the company. So Oscar uh, had say- won the first ever women's Royal Rumble and decided to challenge Charlotte, which in kayfabe makes no sense and- because Charlotte's way. Stronger I mean, champion than Alexa Bliss. It but, is okay. pretty incredible that the WWE has gotten to this point where, like, the women's division are some of the most exciting matches that they have. I mean, there's yeah, still a lot of it's the been gr- going this way it, for a while. I know, and it's just so awesome to me that like the women's division just has matches that are oftentimes. I mean, there's a lot of duds. There's there's definitely a lot of duds, but some of the best matches are <laughs> right up there. Yeah, with, I, I did watch. Uh, I just watched uh, the DVR of the SmackDown after yeah. WrestleMania, and they had Naomi against Natalia. Well, so, you can't. I mean, I mean <laughs> not everything's going to be Oscar Charlotte, but it's like, that's the thing. My It's my my two favorite matches of the night, women prominently featured in. Yeah, and on the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania, the women were a huge part of both shows, and they've brought up three women, Ember Moon, Peyton Royce, and Billy Kay. So, I mean, they, they keep bringing up more women, and the, the, the divisions are getting bigger and stronger. Um, but for me, uh, Asuka, the hottest thing going in the WWE yeah, right so now. Let's, so she won the first ever women's Royal Rumble. She gets a title shot at WrestleMania. She chooses the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte, who's Ric Flair's daughter. Uh, pretty strong champion. Um, like, tall, muscular. Pretty Good athlete. It looks yeah. like she can beat some ass. <laughs> She's an ass beater. Right. So 
and really Asuka just a had been riding too. this undefeated streak since she debuted in WWE's developmental territory called NXT. <laughs> territory? <laughs> Orlando, Florida? FCW. Formerly Florida Championship Wrestling. <laughs> now NXT. Uh, she came over from Japan. She's got a, like kind of a high-intensity offense. She does submission She can holds. do a lot of moves. Uh, very thick, you would say. <laughs> I wouldn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, she she kind of has been pretty popular among the smarter fans, you know, the Smarks. And, you know, I think growing in popularity amongst all fans. And so I think a lot of people kind of thought this was her coronation to become champion. You know, most undefeated streaks that last this long in wrestling end with, well, not end with, but you know, our lead to a championship down right. the line. So this match was pretty, it was just, it was high intensity, uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of different um, high spots that could have been finishes, submissions. Really co- felt like it could have gone uh, either way at any point. Yeah, and uh, they told a good story of Asuka hurting Charlotte's shoulder, which she, you know, sometimes was forgetting to sell but mostly was selling the rest of the match and played into the finish which was charlotte's figure four which is like kind of modified where she bridges up on her arms and she was unable to get both arms but she was using one arm to hold herself up and asuka ends up tapping out for the loss her first loss in wwe yeah very sad hard to watch it was it was kind of shocking because i think people assumed asuka was going to win not necessarily a bad decision because I think sometimes when you go with these undefeated streaks, they become the gimmick. And once they're over, the character is no longer relevant. And so oh, no. I think to lose an Goldberg. important match on a big stage to a real opponent, not probably someone in kayfabe that they would consider like an equal to Oscar. Yeah. To make sure that that is the loss she takes first, she can kind of, you know, come back now and be... Still dominant. Yeah. She can still be at the upper tier of the women's division and go on to probably win the title sooner rather than later. And it also protects Charlotte because the rumor is they want to do Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey as the first ever female main event at next year's WrestleMania. I have no idea if that's true. And if, if even if it is true, I don't know if that would necessarily mean it goes on last. Who knows? But right. so, if they build that right, that would be a huge money match. I think people maybe get upset that it is an Asuka. Sometimes life I isn't fair. Asuka. I mean, yeah. you know, Asuka's a great wrestler, but Charlotte's Ric Flair's daughter. And yeah. she's tall and blonde and muscular and looks physically like she could fight ronda rousey now we know that she really couldn't but she looks like she could so i think just appearance wise it's the perfect main event with the perfect storyline and if that's where they're going that's pretty cool now the fun thing about asuka is it's just like you do not know what the fuck is going on with her at any point she just (laughs) says weird shit her (laughs) instagram is nuts right (laughs) i mean yeah she seems she seems hilarious like i don't know she is she her personality is a little bit unique and i think i think she has a lot of potential to be a big star 
I just hope they can come up with ways to to showcase her like goofy personality. Right. And I mean her her post match conversation with Charlotte probably the highlight of the night. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean in a weird way and I mean I don't know people maybe if they made this connection would accuse Vince of some kind of racism here, but you have the Japanese star at the end of the match losing paying respect to charlotte and everything is smooth and it's like a a, a, you know a hug and arm raising and you know everything's good uh the crowd is happy with the sign of respect and then that kind of foreshadows later in the night shinsuke nakamura the other big japanese star in wwe who also won the male royal rumble challenging aj styles for the title losing Looks like it's going to be a similar sign of respect, and then the, heel, so the heel turn from yeah. Nakamura. Right. So I don't know if that was like to set up the, like people were like, oh, this is like Japanese wrestlers must kind of show this kind of respect or something. I don't know. And then like, oh, he just hit him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's get to the main event. We should probably wrap this up. Um, as we mentioned, it was Brock Lesnar, former. Former WWE champion turned UFC champion turned WWE champion once again. That's right. Yeah. And kind of be the original Ronda Rousey in a lot of ways. He kind of became a star in UFC. And then once his uh, diverticulitis and all that stuff kind of forced his career to wind down there, he jumped back over. Uh, you know, it was a little bit rocky at first. You know, they had to make sure Triple H went over at least once. <laughs> But, you know, once they got things kind of settled, they decided to make Brock this, like, unbeatable monster. Right. He took the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania back beat, the last time they were in New Orleans. Beat John Cena twice. Yeah, he beat... No one beat Cena. He squashed Cena back before squashing Cena was something that they did regularly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> God, Cena's participation in this wrestling... I don't even know if... We don't really have time to get into it, but that whole was bizarre. Cena thing yeah. was stupid. They shouldn't have done it. I mean, what is there, like, plans for him now? Well, I don't know. Well, Cena's facing Triple H at the Greatest Royal Rumble event in Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. And The Undertaker is facing Rusev in a casket match or something. So and The Undertaker's just back doing a run now? They really want this Saudi Arabia event to okay. be huge. Everybody's on it, including Chris Jericho now. Everybody's coming back for this. But anyway, um, so... I think we mentioned the conventional wisdom that Roman was going to win. Even as Brock was d- doing his finishing move, the F5, over and over <laughs> and over, feel... I still felt like Roman yeah. was going to win because he kept kicking out, which, as we discussed on the way home, uh, driving <clears throat> back from our friends uh, after WrestleMania, I was like, I would have preferred Roman just won. Right, with, I know. It's like it, Rather than him on. lose but then kick out of the finish so many times. Because yeah, it, it was... Just a beat down for the audience, really. The audience was against it from the beginning. You know, there was, I guess, a lot of beach balls being brought out, which were supposedly banned, but I guess people snuck them in. <laughs> some CM Punk chants. Yeah. Some, this wow. is awful chants. Yeah, right. Uh, which isn't necessarily fair. Uh, I think they were kind of shitting on the match before they were even really given a yes. chance to do anything. Now, granted, they ended up being right because it didn't seem like they had much of a plan. Other than for Brock to beat the shit out of Roman for, you know, 15 minutes and then busted his head open, which was just gross. I kind of liked that. (laughs) Uh, Brock took his 
his uh, gloves off, which I don't really know why he wears the gloves if he can do this much damage without them. Like, well, he's got to protect his knuckles. I mean, come on. So he, you know, he punched he he. I guess he just knows a way to punch people in the head to make them bleed easy. <laughs> uh, but both times he's done it, it's turned into a disaster. Right. I mean, he has like fucked people up. So Roman was wearing the crimson mask for the rest of the match, which. It, I have to say, it was kind of cool when he it was, was like preparing was to gross do too. the spear with just a completely red face. I was like, "That's kind of cool." That was that felt very old school, but the, it was gushing out of the top of oh, his head. Oh yeah, there was just way too much. And I think under normal circumstances, they probably would have like either stopped the match or at least paused it to try to like get it to stop first, which I've seen them do in NXT uh, when Smoke Joe was bleeding one time, but. I think they were just like, let's hurry up and get this finished because this yeah. crowd is about to lose their minds. Right. And so they they finally get to the finish, and after, you know, more F5s, <laughs> I don't know what what all happened. Brock yeah. finally wins, which shocked everyone because people just assumed he was leaving WWE to go back to UFC. Apparently, he Even has re-signed for some amount well, of time that we I don't mean, know. WWE will let him fight in UFC simultaneously anyway. Well, now the rumor is he has signed a new deal, which will allow him to do both, I guess. I don't know how long this is. I think it's... He doesn't even look like he's in UFC fighting shape right now. Now, the cool thing here, though, is they immediately gave Roman a rematch for no reason, because he lost clean, nothing really... no, Not really deserving of one. He just got beat up the whole time. Right. But they immediately give him this rematch at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. It's in a cage, which... Is suspicious because that gives you a way to beat Brock without pinning him. Yep. And they probably assume that the people in the Middle East are just going to cheer the baby faces, and they're probably right. So Roman will probably be cheered. So there you go. And uh, I think this is a possible Roman heel turn coming. I think the way his promo was on Monday after Raw was suspicious to me acting as if he doesn't want this rematch, as if he's being the one screwed over by being given a title shot rematch. I don't think that makes any sense. Now, and he this... apparently was wearing a big gold watch, which is something he did, I guess, in FCW before it was NXT as when he was a heel character. Okay. So I don't know if, that, if people were supposed to take that as a clue, that maybe that he's really working with... They're going to reveal he's actually, you know, Vince's boy, which he is in real life, but, you know, in storyline <laughs> yeah. and that this is all set up. I Vince don't know. Vince comes out and shakes his hand. I think that might be just wishful thinking on me and some internet nerds. Part, I don't know. That would be fun. Now, this event that's happening is airing when in America? At noon. On, on a Friday? Friday, yeah. Wow. So that's kind of like disappointing, I feel like, for American audiences if... Yeah, especially that's since the way it's, it's going to fi- go down. Like a fifty-man Royal Rumble and like Triple H against Cena, Undertaker in a casket match with Rusev, Roman against Brock. All the titles are being defended except wow, no women. By the way, uh, on this, uh, there's no women on the yeah, event. Yeah, they're not quite there yet. Yeah, <laughs> Saudi Arabia not quite right. ready. Yeah, <laughs> for the women's revolution. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. Um. Overall, though, I just you know, I, it's fun to overdose on wrestling for a yeah. few days, and it kind of it kind of reminds me of back like when I was in high school and would go to like a a concert, 
and like in the days and weeks like leading up to and then immediately yeah. following the concert i would be like really hyped on that band checking the set list and then i would be after like probably about three weeks after the concert i'd be like i'm completely done with this right. band and not be able to <laughs> listen to them anymore yeah but it's like every year around wrestlemania i get like really back into it yeah charged up and then like probably by the time that that pay-per-view is in pittsburgh that i think we might have got tickets for i don't know but uh <laughs> that I'm, i will be going to wait by the time what? that that happens like uh i'll be like yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean or you will go and we'll be leaving like halfway through yeah the last time i went to a wwe pay-per-view i left early yeah <laughs> but that, that, was, that was so mad right match that i <laughs> Well, if they're getting that kind of reaction out of you, yeah, that's, that's what they want. Um, so anyway, uh, I'd give this WrestleMania like a a B, B plus. Yeah, it, it was good. It was. It fun. could have been I, an A, which is disappointing. Listen, some of these pay per views that I've watched have been a real drag. This yeah. was pretty good. It was a fun. couple of D minuses and maybe yeah. even an F or two over I think the years. Certainly, they could have had a better plan for the main event, but. Other they than, should have you know, probably put the Ronda match, maybe not on last, but closer to the end. Yeah. Because the crowd peaked with that match. Right. And it was so early in the night. Yeah. It was only about an hour and a half into the main card. Right. So there was still like, and the match itself was very long. Triple H over the last, I think, eight years or so, maybe even longer, has had the longest match every year at WrestleMania. <laughs> Someone pointed that out. Right. <laughs> Going back to like his matches against The Undertaker and all that stuff. That's I mean, awesome. It, but it, but yeah, so except for I think one year out of the last like ten or something. But um yeah, so you know, a B plus for me. Yeah. I think if the crowd would have been more into some of the stuff at the end, it probably would have seemed better, but they definitely peaked early because even aj and nakamura two guys that that the crowd is gonna love they weren't even super into that right i i thought that the crowd was gonna be way more into that match because that's a those are two dudes that like kind of the hardcore fans are into were worn out by that point a lot of them had probably it's a long night it's a a lot of them had been there in their seats since the beginning of the pre-show so at that point you're like you know four three four hours into yeah. this thing and it's just like good lord some dude next to you has already dumped his beer all over you <laughs> <laughs> all over your kid because i saw jim duggan came out really? <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so yeah i mean this episode probably not for everyone but no. we're gonna get back to the normal episodes yeah. real soon we decided to take a little bit of a break i think everyone needed to recharge a little bit yeah the goonies episode was very long i think it was good I liked it. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, Well, it was a little boring at times, but it was pretty good. But here we are. Spring is sprung. It's going to be an ass summer. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, I think uh, there will be a new regular episode of The Greatest Moments in History Forever real soon. Yep. Uh, Please follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Make sure you're subscribed. And thank you for listening.